0: So we are here with another NLX Two podcast. I'm very excited about this one today. Got got a few buddies here, um, a few new acquaintances, and um, some people that I've been able to have the opportunity to train and get to know fairly well. So today is a little bit different. We 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 usually really hone in on the senior athlete that that college athlete that had their sports cut short but in no different or no um no difference in this situation is justin ward and gus um they both are big time in rodeo bullfighting and the season's been cut short due to COVID 19. um things have kind of uh, you could say get western with it it's it's cut everything short um and in this professional realm it's a little bit more than just a sport this is a way of living you know so you guys are able to get your living off that and today we are gonna have justin and gus introduce themselves
1: hello i'm justin ward from mabel minnesota i'm gus kronberg i'm from uh, forbes north dakota nice nice where did you say you were from mabel mabel where's that at
2: uh it's down by rochester
0: okay Nice. Nice. Um, so Justin, uh, just a little background of Justin. I was able to, uh, get to know Justin, went to college with him while he was on the rodeo team. And then afterwards, once he got into the professional world of bullfighting, was able to help train a little bit and sponsored him. Um, it was a, it was a blast. The biggest thing I would have to say for all bullfighters, uh, even, even guys just in rodeo, it's not me trying to make you a better athlete. It's me trying to get you healthy. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. it's a, it's an I've had my own fair share of injuries with shoulder surgeries, three shoulder surgeries, a knee surgery, but it's another level. It's, I mean, if you guys take a look at – what's your Instagram handle?
2: Uh, crazy X Custom Leather.
0: Crazy X Custom Leather. Um, if you guys take a look at uh, some of the bullfighting videos that he has on there, it uh, gets turned into a ragdoll pretty quick sometimes. That's very <laughs> true. My favorite one I ever seen was – it was at the rodeo grounds here. It was a it was a good little routine, and then you get flipped perfectly up onto the fence. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my uh, my cousin who is out of Bozeman was actually the one that told me. He's like, dude, you gotta have you gotta have your bullfighting buddy on there. He's like, that'd be a perfect <laughs> one. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so, um, well, I, I guess if we if we're gonna go down the list a little bit, what Justin? I'll ask you first. Um, what. When did you first start playing sports? And this is outside of rodeo. This is anything. I want to hear your sporting uh, your sporting career a little bit.
2: So just like, you know, in Minnesota, baseball was really huge. So I started playing t-ball probably at the age of, you know, six, seven years yep. old. And then progressed into playing, you know, football and basketball and did a little bit of golf and in there, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
1: Nice. Technically sound, man. Gus? Uh, I guess for me, I was uh, fourth grade, I started playing hockey. Um, and then from there, I uh, went... To to, I think, seventh grade, um, and then started playing football um, nice. and doing doing track and field. And I was a thrower and um, notorious 100-meter hundred, hundred dash runner. There you go. So. There you go. Like, at 6'8", how much do you weigh? Uh, about 260 <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> he's, he's a big dude. So.
0: Well, you asked for an extra large shirt, and I was like... I think he might be a two X from what I'm hearing, dude. Like don't, don't but, dry it. Exactly. Air dry that thing. Um, so the cool thing about hockey Gus is I I've had the pleasure of training a bunch of hockey kids, but it's a, it's similar to like gymnastics sure. in a, in a, in a sense. Like if you play hockey, you're doing that all year round. Usually mm-hmm. like it, depending on when the ice is there, you're doing something for that. Yeah. Um, I just had a podcast with Jaron Hughlin. He's, he's mm-hmm. a stud in Dickinson. Um, had over four tryouts with big time Canadian teams. Um, and it's just a lifestyle, dude. Like it is. you
1: gotta you just gotta do it all the time. And you said that was in Aberdeen? Yep. Okay. Yep. So I went uh, I went to high school in Allendale. So it was about a ninety mile round trip to, to practice every day. Man. Um, so Man. did that for, for eleven years. That's crazy. And if you if you
0: had to pinpoint it would hockey be would hockey be your sport out of everything else?
1: Um I guess w- when I was busy into a playing several different sports, yeah, for sure, it was yeah. it was what I focused on, and and now obviously it's bullfighting, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's it's what I wanted to do, and and up until I don't know my junior senior year, I definitely saw a, a career outside of high school at least playing uh, you know junior hockey, yeah, dude, that sort of thing, but.
0: Yeah, even that junior hockey—it's a grind too, man. Um, it is. I've had a few uh, Jersey Martin out of here and Jaron Huglin, who both have gone that way, and it's just a grind, it dude. Is. Like yep. it's 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 full time job, for sure. Similar to a lot of big time college sports. Um, so, Justin, who? at the at the roots of everything at the beginning of everything who introduced you to a lot of your sports
2: um, it would have been my dad yeah um, he had grown up he really didn't have the opportunity until he got into high school and you know he, only, he would, mom and, or his grandpa and grandma only gave him the opportunity to play one sport and it was basketball oh really
0: and so that's kind of how it was back then I mean like just well sometimes it was a matter of opportunity or uh, some parents just couldn't do it couldn't put kids through I mean if you look at a hockey schedule these hockey parents that I have they're traveling all the time, yeah. all the way to Minnesota, down to Montana. Like it's just, it's a grind, dude. It's, it's crazy. Oh, well, for sure. So your dad just played basketball in high school? And I think the reason,
2: because of that, is because it was in the wintertime yeah. and not a whole lot was going on in the farm and ranch. Yep. So like that was his best opportunity to do it. So then, exactly. you know, growing up and having that opportunity, he he threw me into t-ball, and he, I mean, we played pee-wee football and That's stuff awesome, like that, dude. Just to introduce it, just to say, hey, you did try it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And even if you don't like it, at least you got the opportunity to do exactly. it. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the best way to get it. I don't have any kids, and I don't. I don't know if it's soon or not. I don't know yet. But <laughs> um, it's it, to parent is instead of like shoving something on, them, just give them the opportunity and see if they like it. I mean, I I have no problem if my kid does not want to play football because his shoulders or her shoulders are already going to be terrible. I already know that, <laughs> and uh, they're just going to have a motor that doesn't stop. So it's mm-hmm. it's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> um, Gus, who who introduced you did you have family that played hockey was it in the what was it in the family
1: no not really um i guess i had one cousin that played actually in jamestown he played there um and and played high a, school yep okay yeah okay. and played uh made a national team uh, a couple of years and um but he was i don't know 13 14 years older than me yeah um but mainly it was my mom that pushed me uh into doing it she was she was a big huge hockey fan her whole life and That's awesome um you know, I was riding steers and and stuff like that when I was an itty-bitty kid, and she always told me cowboys got to do something in the winter time. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. so, did you guys both grow up on ranches then? I did. Yes. Okay. Um, I actually, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily live on a farm. Uh, we had a family farm, and we've always had nice. horses. And um, we got family lives down the road, two miles down the road, that, that yeah. lives on. It the was farmers,
0: still part of the life for um, sure. I grew up in. Uh, Justin probably knows, but I grew up in. Uh, Small town Wyoming, and even more than Dickinson. Dickinson has more industrial stuff than even oh, yeah. Worland does. Uh, Worland is strictly agriculture. I mean, it's farm and ranch. And so I lived in the town of Worland where um, you would be considered a city slicker. Um, but all my buddies, everybody, I just grew up riding horses, grew up doing all that. So it was nice. I mean, docking season, docking sheep. I had a buddy that oh, that's messy, man. <laughs> I, I'm not a big docking and sheep. I'll go branded for you all day, but docking and sheep's just ugly sometimes, yeah, man. That's one
2: thing I've never done and don't ever plan on doing. It's, it, dude, it's,
0: I don't know. It's gruesome. I, it is gruesome, but it's like, I would way rather be branding all day yeah. it, instead of just, just messing around, feeling like you're not doing much. Um, <laughs> so in the beginning, it was, it was, it was hockey. Um, but what, and this can be, from the beginning of your sporting roots, or it could be last year bullfighting. It doesn't matter to me. But what's what's Gus's favorite sports memory? What 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 strikes you off the top of your head?
1: Oh, I got a couple of them. Um, I guess my senior year, um, I made first team all state. Okay, um, yes. in hockey. Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. And then um, I guess last year, just fighting bulls. It was it was making the Dueling and dirt finals in, in Jamestown and being able to fight with Justin Ward and yes, sir. Uh, Cody Kerr on on probably one of the biggest bull ridings in North Dakota mm-hmm. um, that was that was a blast that's sweet dude Justin so mine uh, came from the BFO when
2: I started freestyle bullfighting yep. you know I started out and I went to one of their camps and you know got a little taste for it and then Get your name started... out there oh yeah mm-hmm. and uh, so went to that first event and got invited back and did pretty well but the, the memory that killed me was going to that second event and <clears> making the short round with you know five of the greatest bullfighters in the country yeah. at, at the moment and mm-hmm. you know the one that is probably the goat of all bullfighters dusty <laughs> and uh walking out of that arena and they, they they yelled that 90 and a half point score and i knew that dude. i i just wanted and there was still one more guy but i i mean in my heart i knew <laughs> you were
0: confident play, dude oh, yeah. that's cool and possibly i mean I'm not in the realm, but possibly the top five greatest bullfighters in the world. I mean, there's probably, oh, sure. it's it's more a bigger sport here than anywhere else. Am I correct?
2: Um, the only other place you'll see them usually is Portugal, Mexico, and okay. Spain.
0: Okay. Nice, man. Nice. That's, uh, that's legit. And um, for the audience that doesn't know, BFO, explain kind of that that you guys are a uh, part of.
2: So it's called BFO. It stands for Bullfighters Only. Um, it's... Um, Mexican freestyle bullfighting like you would see you know over in Spain except for here in America we don't use capes and the arena is much smaller yep and so you run around with these bulls that are trying to hurt you Mm -hmm. and potentially kill you Um, for 60 seconds 40 seconds are mandatory Um, you just try to show your poise and that you're comfortable around them that they're not gonna get you and then they give you a 20 second option to do a big trick at the end, like jump them or yep. get on your hands and knees and show them, you know, your style from down there. Dang, dude!
0: <laughs> and I gotta ask this question for both of you guys: Is it, it you? Obviously, had the farm and ranch um, growing up uh, at your roots, but is it the adrenaline dump that, like, that you guys truly go after still, or like, what keeps you doing this crazy crap?
2: So when I first started out, you know, I've always been an adrenaline junkie. Like yeah. I always had to do that next level thing to huh, get sure. there. Italian. So I started calf roping. You know, that was the next, you know, you have to run down and grab this calf and flip him. Well, then that got pretty, you know, I'm not saying boring, but easier. Yeah. Then I went on to steer wrestling. You know, you're jumping off a horse at 40 mile an hour trying to grab a beast with horns yep. and try to wrestle him to the ground. And then that got pretty, you know, comfortable. And then all of a sudden I, I went to a rodeo and they needed a bullfighter. And I'm so you like, just did it. sign me up. And it's <laughs> been... <laughs> So coaster. where was that first one at? It had been in Footville, uh, Illinois. Really? Yep. You know, really. I was. <laughs> I just showed up to steer wrestle, and one of the bullfighters didn't show up. This lady in the back <laughs> was like,
1: "Anybody want a bullfight? You'll get fifty bucks." I'm like, uh, you No know.
0: better way to start into the bullfighting,
1: man. Um, Gus, what started you into it, dude? Um. Man, I like I said, I rode steers and stuff when I was quite a bit younger, and and the si- my size really got the best of me. I figured yeah. out probably eighth or ninth grade that this wasn't really going to be <laughs> yeah. for me, um, and you know, and from there I really focused on on playing hockey and um, making a career out of being a goaltender. Yep, and, yep. Um, Fill that goal up pretty easy, don't you? <laughs> <state, laughs> take up a, take up a lot of real estate. Yeah, exactly, you know? man. Um, but uh, I I had a buddy, uh, a mutual friend. His name's Brent Schaff, and um he i i knew him but never really talked to him and Mm -hmm. um so he i guess he's the one that i can credit for for getting me into bullfighting but um just just like playing hockey man um you know when you make a big save you're it's there's the best feeling such a cool feeling yeah man and and, uh i i I like that hero feeling you know on on the protection bullfighting side of things When you when you roll through a a hairy situation and you get out, you get the cowboy out safe. You know that's that fires me up.
0: Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's 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 pretty cool to see because not a lot of people get to get to have that opportunity. You know, it's uh, it's talking to Jamie Mullins yesterday on the podcast, a DSU wrestler and rodeo kid. um, How he explained it is he didn't get into it until later, and still he says, and he was very humble about it. He's like. Man, I'm still learning. He's like, it is one of the steepest learning curves. Um, just any type of, it doesn't matter which event it is, you're dealing with massive animals as a human and things can go south quick, you know? And it brings up a story that I, that I, uh, that I think of, I was, I was, it was, I was getting pretty serious about college football and my, I was also racing motocross at the time and motocross and rodeo can have some parallels. Like you're dealing with external factors that you think you have control over, yeah. but you yeah. really don't have hundred percent control in that. Maybe that's what appeases you guys to go to yeah. it. You don't have that control, but when you come out of it, it's, it's that feeling, you know? Yeah. So my dad sits me down. He's like, you're either going to have to get a lot better at racing motocross or you're gonna sell your bike because you're gonna get hurt. It's not. It's not when. It's if. Yeah, or or sure. it's not if. It's when. You know. Sure. So, it's it's kind of that same thing. And especially when we trained, it was just keeping keeping you healthy. I oh, mean, yeah. it was a lot of uh, damage control. So.
2: Well, I remember. Yeah, I remember the one time I showed up. I was, you know, I was really scared we weren't even gonna be able to train because my knee hurt so bad. You, oh. We we just adjusted it. Yeah, we, we just got to go.
0: And, and that's the thing. I hope that strength coaches uh, that listen to this or anything. That's what the industry is about. It's not about this workout this exercise it's about you coming in stuff was went south last weekend or whenever it was and i have to adjust and make it work you know that's kind of that's kind of how things should roll um but if we're if we're looking at let's look at other sports outside of rodeo and rodeo after that what lessons have this any of these sports taught you guys
2: um just never give up like if you really love something like i really loved basketball in high school and i i worked my butt off even though i was playing football or if i was playing um baseball and stuff like that i was doing stuff you know for that sport but to get better for basketball yep, and yep. like put your heart into what you love that's awesome yeah. man
1: it's uh it's the perseverance side of things you know there's um, you're, you're gonna lose, and, and you're gonna get your butt kicked, and it's just you know what Monday morning time to get up and get better. Yeah, that's
0: that's a that's a big thing in a lot of sports. I, the one parallel I have in my life is wrestling. I, I mean, I was I, like I, I had talked to Jamie yesterday, but I was I was actually probably a better wrestler than I was college football player. But I liked eating food, and I, didn't, <laughs> I really didn't want am. to get into it too much. So, um, but just. Just knowing that, even with you guys, like you guys are, you guys are making a living partially off doing this. But say you have a bad rodeo on Saturday, Sunday, whenever it is. Just like you said, Monday, it, if you're if you're still um, pouting and having your head down or whatever it is, like it's time to get to work, oh, yeah. and that's that's a big thing that we've seen with a lot of these high school and college kids. You don't have a coach breathing down your neck saying, "Hey, we have practice. You have to do this event. You have to get better at this." It's it's self motivated, yeah. and that's what you guys have been dealing with the whole time. You guys don't have a coach that is nope. that's uh, trying to teach you this stuff. It's you wanting to do it, and I think that's uh, that's kudos to you guys for that because um, not a lot of people can do that. Okay. You know, so uh, if you guys if you guys had to pinpoint it um in this let's just keep at rodeo with this what goals did you guys have for this year uh if if that was breaking the top five or whatever it was or just getting better at a certain skill um what what was that for you guys
1: um so this will be my fourth year fighting bulls and uh you know my my main goal for this year was to to get my prca card my professional card okay um i've uh in order to get that, you got to send in, um, a a list of references and five evaluation rodeos, um, where they'll come watch you and determine whether or not you're ready for that level. And, um, I've had two of those rodeos canceled already. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm scratching my head trying to figure out what I can make work. And, um, so obviously, you know, if, if I can't get evaluated, I can't get my card, um, but that's, that's been on my mind mostly uh since this winter is is just getting my pro card and, and moving up to that next level that's crazy man
0: it's it's affected every single industry um it's it has it's not discriminating against anything you oh know no. it's crazy justin
2: so mine uh it's to make the bfo finals again this year because last year was a bad year for me i've just i mean knee injury <laughs> yeah. re injuring my shoulder i had shoulder surgery i mean i was i banged was banged up dude game. I mean, I I would dislocate my shoulder probably once, twice every day on the weekend, every fight that I went to.
0: And that's, and that's, I, I, people don't get that. Like, you get that, me and you get that. Um, People would think I'm crazy that I told them, like, this is not an over exaggeration. I've probably dislocated my shoulder over 2 to 300 times. Oof. Oh, like sure. uh, sleeping. I've done it plenty of times sleeping if you have your arm over your head and you're just you roll over and it's out and it's like there's nothing there's no better alarm clock than that, dude. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that for me it was arm tackles in football. Oh, it was mm-hmm. getting extended here, getting into external rotation. It's like it's toast. It,
2: so last year at the college rodeo, uh, sleep put me in the ER. Because my shoulder dislocated in such a weird manner that you know nobody yep. could pull it in. You know I was so tense that nobody could physically pull it. Yep, out put it back in place. Back place. Back yeah, in. dude, so it's to to that's a
0: big thing. Um, a lot of times I've had. Most of the time, it's it's a true dislocation when it happens for me, but it. It, my labrum and everything is so loose and torn already that it can usually pop into place but sometimes that happens where the only pl- way that they were able to get it in is to put IV muscle relaxers mm-hmm. and just have everything wow. relax
2: see when I went to go have my surgery they found a 90 degree bone dent and that's what was grabbing hold of that socket so I couldn't do it, it would in not like, go no, in because you had to basically like separated even farther to get that ledge to come back my gosh dude it's
0: (laughs) you come up with these 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 ways to get it relocated i always used to dangle my arm and then just have my hand flat and push against the ground and it would come back in and people would be like what is this guy doing dude and i i had to wear like those those solis those uh the big those big uh shoulder straps and I would wear for the start of the football season every year. Um, I started all four years, got all conference. In in light of what happened, you know, and I would have to. I would start the season with no no shoulder braces. Then one week I'd put one on, and by the end of the year, every year I had two <laughs> shoulder <laughs> braces on. And the thing with those Solis is they go across your chest, and you have to tighten them up. Oh yeah. And so I would feel like I'm a 350 pound, just out of shape running. I need, I go 40 yards. I need oxygen in a sandwich, dude. Like (laughs) it was rough. It it sucked, but it was a means to an end, you know? So,
2: but yeah, so yeah, we got that all fixed up and you know, I was going to do my first BFO back in March, and I got canceled because of COVID. Where was that? In Minot. Minot. Yep, they were bringing the BFO to Minot for the first time, so I was going to go up there. So they've
0: been them. expanding quite a bit they've then, They've been huh? expanding,
2: and then uh, it's been talked. Well, they had a, a different series. It's called AFB in Mandan last year, but again, like they're trying to promote that to be a BFO this year, so okay. hopefully I can get in there.
0: Because last year you were in Vegas for that, Correct two uh, years two years ago two years, ago. Two two years, years ago, ago you were in Vegas for that and so they've they've expanded quite a bit then huh? oh, yeah to have stuff in Minot, and it, where i where else are some VFO oh you can see like a lot of
2: your major cities uh, Atlanta Georgia Wichita, yeah. Kansas um, Scottsdale Arizona oh, Kent with nice. Washington um, all over in California they have a bunch of them in California
0: that's cool man that's cool so what was uh, sorry what was the card that you were trying to get P- PRCA though. PRCA. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. okay so you have to. Do you have to have that card to do bullfighters only stuff, or is it no, a... No, nope, okay. completely separate. Oh, no. okay. Yeah, nice, but nice. Uh,
2: a lot. Of, a lot of the guys in the BFO do have their pro rodeo yep. card. Yep. Um, it, it is a stepping stone for it sure. Is. Yeah, yep. definitely. And it definitely like not everybody. I mean, there's a lot of guys that don't have it. Their PRCA card that are in the BFO. Yeah. But. It, it definitely puts you at a new level to into that. Nice.
1: I guess the the difference being between the two, you know, when you have your professional rodeo cowboy's association card, that's um, your your professional bullfighter, you have your card holder. Um, and basically what you're doing there is you're you're a protection bullfighter, so you're getting hired to work rodeos. And they
0: just contract
1: you out for that yep. for rodeos, okay? Yep, basically and um, and then when you look at the BFO, you're you're entering a competition you're you know there's money to be won um and but you know when you when you're doing those freestyle events um you as a business standpoint as as a production you want the best bullfighters going yeah you know and and a lot of those guys have um make a living uh doing doing that protection bullfighting
0: that's crazy so like a lot of the differences if for people I, I this is the one thing that i do kind of know for people that aren't in the world you have your freestyle then you have your protection series that's kind of yep. like your two big things in bullfighting yep. correct
2: you, you got your freestyle where you're, you're just trying to look flashy you know put you're it doing the a routine yep. yeah yep and then your protection is yeah you're just making sure that bull rider has you know gets to go to another rodeo
0: exactly dude that's crazy man um have you guys have you guys ever been to, and this is the only big thing that where I'm from, like have you ever been to or seen like uh, Cheyenne Frontier Days, ever been down there? yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man, that's a blast. That's nice. something that I grew up going to all the time. I've even been at
2: the Worland, uh Amateur Rodeo. Oh, let's go. <laughs>
0: Orland shout out to 307, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Not much, not much going on there. (laughs) You got a sugar beet factory. You got Pepsi, and that's about it. Actually,
2: one of my craziest bullfighting stories came out of Orland. Really, this big dude. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Big nasty black bull come out, and the contractors like, you know, he's mean. So just, you know, (laughs) be careful. So you know, me and uh, my other buddy Ty, who were fighting the rodeo, bull comes out, and everything's just normal, and then the lights cut out, like.
0: Powell Warland, shirt. come on, dude. <laughs> so
2: we were fighting a black bull in the dark. <laughs> oh no.
0: Dude, that's 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 Warland for you, man. That's I I, I give it flack, man. I, I love that. I love that little town. And the only the thing I really miss about it is you're at the foothills of the bighorn oh, yeah. dudes. It's, it's insane. It's I mean, a lot of the tattoos that I've got, like over by cloud peak, it's the tallest peak. It's over almost 14,000 feet. It's, it's a beautiful place over there and that's like the really big thing that I miss about being back home, you know? So that's awesome. I like, I like hearing about little Warland stories <laughs> here and there. Um, so if we, if we're looking at, if we're looking at rodeo, what, so a lot of the interviews that I've had uh, previously, all the kids are talking about the relationships, being competitive, all that stuff. But like, what are you guys missing most about not being able to compete? Because if you look at bullfighting, um, you don't you don't have a ton of opportunities to there's only so many weekends in the summer, you yeah. know, like you don't have these ton of opportunities. Like how many did you guys say have got canceled thus far?
2: For me, it's been I I, I missed out on eight different opportunities my to
1: gosh. go. By. I've had I've had four so far,
0: dude, and that's that. that that's tough on the, the just making a living and doing all that. So like, what are you guys missing most about um, rodeo and bullfighting?
1: Um, well, for me, I guess it's just the exposure. I'm I'm a young bullfighter. I'm trying to get my name out. I'm I'm trying to get my pro card and. Um, when you're not fighting bulls and you're sitting, you know, at home on the couch, yeah. it's, it's really hard to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly, man. And, and then, go ahead. Oh, mine would be uh,
2: the the bond that you make with those bull riders. You know, you see most of them guys, especially you know, working these amateur associations. You see on them all the weekend. Yeah. I see them every weekend, That's in multiple cool. different times a weekend. Or if you're at a bull run, you know, they might get on three bulls in the same rodeo. And, wow. you know, you make a bond with those people and you, you know, like you're cheering for them. You're, you're exactly. like, come on, ride that bull and uh, I'm going to save you.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I got <man>. your back. <laughs> That's awesome. So like you get, you get to make those relationships and those friends, you know, like there's there's nothing and it's just human psychology, but there's no better bonding for two humans than fear bonding. Yeah, you know, sure. like that guy's you're, riding that it mysterious. and you're saving his life. Yeah. Like there's no better bonding than that, and that's why military's done so well. I mean, that's oh, why there's sure. such a tight knit group. You look at the seals, like you guys are going through the ringer. Yeah, that's the reason why you guys are so close, man. That's I like that. That's that's something that has been a reoccurring theme in a lot of the hockey kids that I've oh. interviewed is. You played the same sport with these same kids growing up, and yeah. like I'm glad that's that's in with small town North Dakota or even just um Wyoming, Montana. Like, you get to see those same bullfighters mm. or bull riders all the time, which is pretty cool, man.
2: Well, see, the nice thing about that too is me and that bull rider we're not on the same team, no, you know, but but yet we but are you're cheering for them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah,
0: yeah. you guys got to be on the same page, things can go south. Um, do you guys have has there been some pretty I know you've ended up in the hospital a few times, but uh, either personal stories or seeing a, a bull rider, has there been some pretty gruesome injuries that you guys have been exposed to?
1: Um, yeah, I guess I, I haven't been um, there when it's happened. I fight with a kid a lot. He's from Torrington, Wyoming. Uh-huh, okay. Um, and uh, he's been in the arena two different times where uh, someone's gotten head stomped and, and oh, killed right in front it. of him. And, um, but obviously, you know, you see... You it's see the risk of the sport, It dude. is. It's high risk, high reward, and, and sometimes the reward's not even that high. It's exactly. just, you know, it's in your blood, but, um, you know, your your broken jaws and, and broken legs and arms and all that just, it just comes with it. Yeah, dude. And see, mine was
2: for a local kid around here. Well, he's from... Chafee, I believe, but he went to college at D. S. U. for Lane Berg. And you know oh mine. yeah, I know Lane. Yep. Um, we were at the college rodeo three years ago, and a, a nasty old bull. I knew, I knew what he was, and I went to go save Lane, and he got both of us, and he just he ended up stepping right on my face, and he, and it worked out perfectly. I don't know how it did, and they even got a picture of it. it my face just rolled just enough Kinda to slid. All he, did, all he did was break my nose, and he could oh, have came in my face man.
0: easily because if you were if he hit you from here, the temples exposed and everything, right, dude. Yeah. What's the? Um, it's it's knowing like me being able to put next level and the sponsorship on your stuff but like what is the extent of your protective gear that you guys wear shorts and a shirt
1: very very little yeah Yeah. you know i wear um justin wears one i wear two protective donjoy knee braces and um playing hockey i I, both my labrums and my hips are torn um being six eight uh, yeah it's against you i've (laughs) I've had three knee surgeries broke two ankles you know so I, i beat up anyway and so was justin but you know i wear i wear knee braces i wear ankle braces and a, just a hard shell plastic vest and okay. that's about it yeah and see I, I
2: wear the vest and uh just the one knee brace on the knee that i hurt you know a couple of years ago and then uh a lot of guys wear like hockey pads and stuff okay us. like I, a girdle of some sort i don't like that i wear it slows rec- you down I, I wear a receiver girdle basically yep. i just have the thigh piece I mean, yeah because yeah. When you get hit by a big animal like that, it's gonna hurt. Regardless. Exactly, it doesn't <laughs> matter what you're wearing. <laughs> Might dude. as well be able to move. Exactly,
0: yeah. I mean, <laughs> decrease the chance of actually getting hit. Um, Jamie and I were talking about it yesterday, and it was pretty cool. Bullfighting, at its roots, is probably one of the more most athletic sporting events in the world because there's not, it's not, um, it's not like football where there's this this very specific mission like. You have to live in that moment and just be the most athletic person you can be. Yeah, like it's all about change of direction, all about agility, speed, um, power. It's it's a, it's a truly a it's a really cool sport because it doesn't parallel with a lot of other things. You know, for sure. I yeah. I really like that about it. Um, so if we're looking at let's let's look outside of just you guys right now and then we can kind of go back to it but how has COVID-19 affected um we can talk about you outside of rodeo how has it affected your life how about your families depending on what your families do how has that affected them friends anything like that
2: so, a lot like I'm going to talk about bullfighters that do this for a living, strictly yeah, for a living. Yep. Um, you got your dusty tucknesses, your Cody Websters, your Nate Justices, That where they, this is all they do. This is their lifestyle. Yeah. And it's uh, their job. Oh, yeah, it's no. it's it's yeah, it's their job. And so and thank God that Tugness and Western Rokowski and them guys, they're personal trainers on the on the side, so they, they got that going for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got your Chris Furs and stuff that yeah. they're literally living out of their vans right now just praying to God that rodeo's going to start again.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of, probably a lot of them, either ranch hand or something like that, help do that maybe sometimes.
2: Yeah, there's a guy down in Louisiana in the bareback riding that he had to go back to working at a, craw- a crawfish unit. You know, oh, my gosh. Instead dude. of being on the road rodeo and making his millions and stuff, yeah. now he's working
1: for pennies. <laughs> yeah crazy. Yeah, it's wild you know personally um being up here doing i guess just kind of a gypsy soul um, mm-hmm. you know i don't i haven't really felt a, a ton of it um but like my family my, my parents are foster parents um you know to have a kid go and you know for a visitation um and then possibly have that kid come back you know with covid19 yeah. putting my family at risk you know that's Dude. that's super scary to think about and um so they've they haven't really been able to take foster kids in now. Um, so there's kids out there not being able to be taken out of a bad home. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and there's plenty of them,
0: man everywhere. Sure. Everywhere. So they've, they've
1: done that for quite a while. Take foster kids in. Yeah. They've, since I've graduated high school, which would have been 2015, they've, they started, um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a lot
0: more people need to do that. Um, sure. That's, that's pretty cool. So how many, how many have they had?
1: Oh, more than I could count. They oh, dang. it's you know, it's not an abundance, but they they come in our home and, and it seems like they're there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um and it's tough because you know, my parents become foster parents, but I become a foster brother. Yeah, and, you dude. Know, you become just the biggest part of their life as, as my parents do and um I think that's how it should be too for sure, you know, you know? that's definitely. Yeah. That's and, really cool. It's, it's just it's just it breaks your heart to, to see to have to worry about those kids being in a bad home just because of the circumstances not
0: getting the opportunity to further their life because yeah I, I, m- me just meeting you today but like you, you got your head on your shoulders well and that's obviously a kudos to your parents like they're they're doing something well and if a kid can get the opportunity to go be in a healthy environment it's it can change the world for them and Absolutely. on the vice versa. Being in an unhealthy environment changes their life forever, dude. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so are they are they in Aberdeen or where are they living right now?
1: So they're just. Uh, I went to uh, high school in Allendale, and they're mm-hmm. just. A, they live in an itty bitty town called Forbes. It's about twenty miles west of there. Okay, and that's where they live.
0: Man, that's 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 really cool, dude. I, I like the, I like those kind of stories. <laughs> um, so what are? How has this affected maybe your family, Justin, or anything like so that? So
2: they shut. My mom works for a town called Northern Europe company called northern engraving and they basically manufacture parts for dogs well they're you know they're shut down and yep. they're going out of business now so my mom is out of yeah. a job at this point So She's got to figure how, that out that's how it's affected my family
0: dude i i i had a personal story too like a lot of people know like i i'm one of the owners of the iron chapel we opened and just completely had to shut down like everything's down no nothing coming through the gym nothing um and I I think there's opportunity in everything, and I think it'll all turn out better in the end. Oh, but sure. uh, it's it's a big it's a it's a big hindrance. My one of my sisters called me, and my sister owns a gym as well, and in Buffalo, Wyoming, and she uh, she owns that gym. They shut down a day before we shut down, so we shut down March 19th, and I actually think she shut down March 16th. And the same day her husband came home, he's doing he actually became an engineer without an engineering degree. He worked his way into the position and uh, the same night they sent him home saying, we don't have any work for you. Oh, no. She's going to have a baby in six weeks oh. and charity has three leather little ones. So there's going to be a fourth baby on the way. No, no job, yeah. you know, it, it's 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 uh, it's saddening to hear how it's affected everybody and oh, it sucks yeah. when it hits when it hits home, too, man. Um, honestly, it's a saving grace. and very lucky and blessed that that god was able to put my wife and i together like right now she's saving everything i mean she she's an essential worker she works at the hospital um and life is business as usual for her but even busier yeah, business well, yeah, you know different. like and
2: you got to be 10 times more careful though, 100%, too. I mean, her job went from you know basically zero to 100 really fast
0: very yeah. fast dude because like some of the some of the more um fragile beings in this world our baby is being born and then you introduce this and so she works for 40 hours and then what they're doing is if you're on what's called low census um you have you have to work take temperatures do everything of everybody that comes in those doors so it's it's been become it's got crazy for a little bit but like i said i think everything's going to come out better in the end i don't i think things are going to be different but I I know that things are going to come out better at the end. So that thing falling down on you, (laughs) you can tighten it out there. So um, if, if you guys, if you guys had to pinpoint one thing, like what do you want with the circumstance you guys have now? Like how can you make the positive out of this? What are you guys going to, when does the next rodeo start? Like when, when, when do you guys have stuff actually starting to pick back up?
2: so the first one for me uh me and gus actually get to fight it together um june up in newtown and so right now we're uh we created our own little gym in our in our garage getting ready for it we do yoga every morning and after we get done working and stuff with our horses and doing the farrier stuff we get we get in the gym and we do it sweet uh
0: let's talk about that real quick um well gus go ahead go ahead first
1: um i guess it's it's been yeah it'll be it'll be june before anything really starts picking up okay
0: um so you we talked earlier but the farrier business is still booming like a lot of people want their horses ridden you know Probably,
2: yeah because I mean now that you're stuck at home with your family well it's not stuck it's a blessing yeah exactly <laughs> exactly I get you but uh, you know if you have horses you're, you're spending more time with them you, you know you you're going out riding them so you want their feet and all this stuff to be you yeah. know up to date so yeah I'm actually busier than ever with this COVID virus doing yeah. the farrier
0: work and um, crazy X Leatherworks, correct. Right. Um, doing all that, and Gus, what do you got going on? You got a little apparel line kind of thing.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we got a business that um, we, and it's tough because we make custom gear for bullfighters. And, and <laughs> bullfighters you know, aren't fighting. Dude. Bullfighters ain't working at the moment. Um, but we, we're doing some video production. Also, we're shooting um, a couple music videos here for for Benny, the guy's ranch we live on. Nice. Um, his band's Breaking Eight, and they got a new album coming out. I think three, three or four yeah. weeks now. And so Breaking
0: Eight, check them out. Us.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get some music video shot for him. Nice, dude.
0: Nice. And uh, talk about your talk about yours a little bit, Justin. How what you guys got? What if you're doing? Are you doing just all custom orders for what everybody wants? Or yeah, so Crazy X Custom
2: Leather it started out as a, just a strictly custom leather business. If you wanted a belt, if you wanted a wallet, a cuff, or anything yep, like that, yep. you know, you just send me the details and I'll punch it out. Well, now with all my free time and stuff like that, um, I don't have all the custom orders coming in because obviously a lot of people yeah. money flow isn't coming in. So mm-hmm. I mean. I'm making a bunch of ranching gear, like uh, custom or like doctoring bags you put on the back of your saddles and stuff like that. And we're just retailing them through uh, our new page called
0: T2 Ranch Life. Yep, yep. We I I watched that first vlog you guys got. That was it's it's very interesting, man. It's cool to see that side of two young uh, two young bullfighters that uh, just trying to make it work, dude. Yeah, it's 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 cool. And I like I like those uh, those roots of. Small town North Dakota, South Dakota. It's it's really cool to see, man. Being from Wyoming, um, I like I like seeing that. Do you guys enjoy doing that? Like that oh, video production it's stuff? A, it's a blast. It's, it is. It's isn't a lot it? of fun. If well, I, I could make a living off of doing podcasts, oh, yeah. it would be my life.
2: <laughs> well, and it's perfect because we're not doing anything different. We're just getting it on video and yeah. making people yeah. laugh. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Yeah. It's, it's it. your
0: life. It's nothing, nothing new. But it's uh, it's it's your own form of jackass. You know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it is. It's yeah, pretty it cool. Really <laughs> so um but dude i appreciate you guys coming on today man it was it, i'm always excited for podcasts but i knew that uh i was telling my wife that i was like oh, this is gonna be a good one yeah, this, it, is, it's it, a lot, it'll, lot of fun it'll be a lot of fun and um can't wait for it to get to release and gus it was nice meeting you brother nice, and you. uh i appreciate you guys coming back and that's uh that's uh, that's it for the NLX2 podcast with Justin Ward and Gus. What's your last name, Gus? Kronberg. Kronberg. I've <laughs> yep. been saying just Gus the whole time. So that's that's it for the NLX2 podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you guys next week.